tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! And so anyway, that's when I told him you should go by your original name, Dwayne Johnson. Okay. You know. Such a good story. Hello and welcome to UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baranato, and I'm here with the Striped Boys. The Boys in Stripes. I suppose you could say so, yeah. Mr. Blue and Mr. Burgundy. Red red corner and blue corner over here. What are you doing? Get off. It is. It's the red corner and the blue corner. Let's go. Dockers. Let's fight. The red corner and the baby blue corner. I walk out second. Let's go. What are you watching? I thought his name was Rocky Maivia. Anyway, also known as George Hermosa and Mr. J. Tan. And you can follow me at G. Hermosa. I think that's right there, I believe. Or G. Hermosa. A G H E R M O Z A. Pointing into space. Yeah. Well, space is not down there. A little bit of space between there and the table. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, anyway, guys, UFC Fight Night 66 went down in Manila, Philippines over the weekend, and it was a card that delivered. It was headlined by our own Frankie Edgar and Uriah Faber, a little East Coast versus West Coast action. What number of Fight Night was it? 66. 66. Cool, just mm-hmm. sure. I thought you said 63 or something. Oh, well, you thought wrong. <clears throat> Usually you think wrong show, buddy. when you think I'm wrong. That's always wrong. <laughs> Anyway, let's start from the bottom of the card with the early prelims, which uh, one of these early prelims was actually Fight of the Night bonus. Mm-hmm. So they delivered as well. We had Nolan Tickman versus Yao, the Conqueror, Jerkui. Uh, Yao won via split decision. A lot of split decisions, right? I think yeah. we had three. Yeah, there was a lot of competition in this, uh, um, or competitive matches, we'll say, on this show. Uh, we had knockouts. We had technical knockouts. We mm-hmm. had submissions. Good subs. Split decisions. Yeah. yeah. Knockout. Yeah. Knockout. The results there. We're talking about knockouts. Yes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Bringing it back to bacon, as Jay Tan would say. Anyway, Why we had. never said that? Um, I'm sorry. Twice a show. Every single show since we started. Welcome to After Buzz. Is your name George? <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. Mm. Oh, and John De Los Reyes defeated Roldan Sangchan. That like was Sung Chan. Oh, okay. That is it. I mean, I did. Yeah, just, pretty good. That was yeah, it was good. Very good. Uh, how did he defeat him though? Submission, rear naked choke, two round or a second round, three minutes and thirteen seconds. Well done. Well done. Good work, Wikipedia. <laughs> Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn. <laughs> Ning Gang Yo uh, versus Royston Wee. Gang Yo won via TKO in round two, four minutes and fifty nine seconds in. You know what that means, guys? That he had a second left. Yeah, it was. Uh, and in fact, they they actually went to commercial before. Uh, I think it was it was called um, during commercial, or at least uh, John Anik came back after commercial. Saying yeah, it looked it was, like as it was fading into commercial. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the call referee was did, being stopped. did stop. That's yeah, so that's going to be a trend in uh, the trend these days. Those these late finishes, very last. Se- I was going to say last minute, but they're last second finishes. Literally, last literally. Second. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you hear that that wood clap for the ten seconds, mm-hmm. you don't stop. That means you you turn it up, right? You try to finish it. Mm-hmm. Try to finish that round out out good. Uh, next, we had Lee the Leech, Jing Li Yang, 
via, uh, defeating Diego Lima in round one via KO. Really quick, say hi to K Frat Six. K Frat Six, hi K Frat Six. <laughs> Did they have a question? No, they just said hi Daria. Oh, hi. Oh, look. Hi Daria. Hi K Frat Six. We're by the way, those those of you listening to on iTunes, we're very interactive on the show. We're live, and I mean live. Like at this very second, we're literally live, being watched on AfterBuzz TV on YouTube. So, you people listening on YouTube, feel free to join us live whenever we're there's doing a, a show. Yep, there's a live feed going on yeah. right now. Comment. Let us know what you guys are thinking. And that happens. Uh, that happens now on all studios, I believe, as mm-hmm. I understand it. Yeah, we're all so, we're all going live right to your right to your homes. We don't get to do our second and third and fourth takes and okay, take two overs. Screw this shit. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> anyway, an explicit sign on the thing. <laughs> I don't think shit gives us that. What was the last one I just read? <laughs> Unless you do it three times, <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, uh, oops. Uh, Zhang the warrior, Le- the warrior Lepeng versus Raging Cajun Johnson. Uh, Raging Cajun Johnson won via unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Next we have Tai Hyun Bang versus John Tuck. John Tuck won via rear naked choke in round one. Uh, Mark Adiva versus Levon Makashvili. Makashvili won via split decision. We'll go back and talk about that one. Mm. Uh, Philippe Nover versus you, the Korean bulldozer Chul Nam. Um, Philippe Nover won via split decision. That's one that's questionable. I had it scored the other way, but we'll talk about Agreed. that as well. Yep. Uh, going on to the main card. That was the main card. That but, was the main yeah. card. <laughs> going closer to the main <laughs> event. Hyun <clears throat> Gyu Lim versus Neil Magny. Neil Magny won via TKO in round two. It didn't look like it was going that way at first, but we'll get to that. Mark. Munoz versus Luke Barnett. Oh, you nailed that. Mark Munoz Mark with Munoz. his retirement bout. I was giving it. I was giving it a sympathetic edge. No, oh. it's All his right. retirement bout, guys. And damn, did he give a good speech at the end? Did you guys yeah. listen to it? Oh yeah. It brought me to tears. It's well, you cry for everything. Oh, shut up. You just ruined it. <laughs> I only cry for you, Mark Munoz. Okay. Next we have Gegard Mousasi versus Costas Philip Philippou. Costas Yep, you guys said it perfect. Like fill the poo, fill the poo. Philip, fill the poo, Philip, fill the poo. Now we've got the explicit sticker. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Musasi won thirty twenty seven all around, be a unanimous decision. And of course, the main event of the evening, like I like to say, it, the best coast versus the west coast. Who's with me? Easty, right here. Yeah, that's right. E- Easty from across the way, right? I was waiting for it. <laughs> Frankie, the answer, Edgar, gave Uriah Faber his answer. Hardy's beat Carl's Jr. <laughs> Shake Shack beat In N Out, apparently. Uh, Biggie beat Tupac. Yeah. Jersey what Shore else? beats uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. The Hills. Yeah, or oh, the yeah. Kardashians. Yeah, the Hills is probably more accurate. Yeah, Jersey Shore. Yankees beat the, the Dodgers. Yep. Ooh, I like Ooh. that one. I like that one too. <laughs> He's from New Jersey. Which is directly south of New York. You can't, but you can't like affiliate the Yankees with New Jersey. Yeah, you got Yankee fans in Jersey. There's no, there's no Jersey. uh, You, you you would affiliate them with New Jersey more so that you would affiliate the Dodgers with New Jersey. I mean, you got, you got to keep it separate. I don't know. You could have said like the New Jersey Nets. They're not the New Jersey 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 Devils anymore. Yeah, you could have said that. First is the Kings. So let's talk about this main card. Guys. Anyway, so <laughs> that's what everybody wants let's to hear. Start, let's start from you know the card overall. There's a couple of stories, uh, mm-hmm. but before cutting too much into the the main card, I think mm-hmm. a couple of stories that come out of this uh, 
this event, um, one being that this is the first time in the Philippines after having been trying to get in into that country for a, a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been talking about doing a show in Manila since back when they had uh, Brandon Vera. I thought we already had, to be honest. Huh. I was like, oh, I thought, you know, I thought it was like nope. our second or third time there. It's the first time. You know, that was that was a place that they were targeting, like I said, when Brandon Vera was still on the roster. You know, right. as, I want to say as far back as maybe... 2006, but maybe more like 2008 or so. Before he got his face broken by John Jones. Mm -hmm. John Jones literally broke his face. Like his face? It was like a ground and pound. It was was kind of like like a cross elbow. And it was over. Like he literally broke his face. Yeah. That'll do it. But uh, it's been a market they've been talking about for a long time. Obviously a place that's very uh, very hungry for MMA. And several other promotions, uh, international promotions, have gone there. Um... So this was it was kind of surprising that it's taken this long but I think you know fair to say that you know it was, it was certainly it was a great show I feel like the undercard delivered a little bit more than uh than the main uh, the main card and the bigger uh the big, bigger matches with right. more uh or international names. Like we were talking about before, I think it's so important when we go to a new territory to have those hometown heroes, those locals on the card. You gotta. That really draw the locals' attention mm-hmm. and, and build those names in, in these foreign territories. So I think we had a lot more smaller names to bring from Manila rather than, you know, we don't have that many superstars over there. Smaller only in terms of international awareness. Yeah, exactly. Not but... to say that they're lesser in any way. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's, I had this argument with uh, a friend mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago about uh, how he was saying, dude, this card sucks. There's nobody that I, I know. There's no his matches. Name. Huh? His name is Devin Sawa. He said it on air. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, did he say that on yeah, air? it's fair game. I didn't remember that. Okay. He said it on air. I don't think he did. <laughs> he oh, said it off I, I, think, I think as we were leaving. I you out, Devin Sawa. But, you know, <clears throat> the, the problem is that there's no names that a lot of... Uh, in. North American fans know, yeah. yeah, but they're—I mean, they're names that uh, they're names where there, there's a connection at least um, to to the local uh, local market there, you know. And yeah. you've got to you got to build up guys that that are fighting over there, just like when you have uh, Eastern Europeans, you know, mm-hmm. when when they do shows in uh, Berlin or uh, or Poland, um, and they did that. You know, it was nice to see too. They brought in several guys from Tough China. Right. That kind of had a dubious rep, really. That that whole season of tough of not being very good, but mm-hmm. you know, guys had a pretty good, uh, pretty good shining on this show, and uh, yeah. Devin Sawa had a very fair argument in saying that it wasn't a great card because he didn't know any of the names. Well, he didn't know a lot of the names, or didn't think that they were, you know, the biggest stars or the most. I don't think that that's a fair stars. argument. Would be my it, point. Well, it's a fair argument in the sense that we are North American fans, most of us, mm-hmm. and we don't know that that foreign territory, but it's. Amazing because cards like this open our eyes to those to those stars, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh my god!" You know, there was all these split decisions, there was all these knockouts, and we go, "Oh, who's that guy? He's amazing!" And then we go look him up, and then yeah. he, he becomes someone that we're you know. That we eventually to. talk about later on down the road. It just exactly. kind of depends too, because this isn't exactly like a it's not a pay per view card either. That's you know, it's on free point. TV, so mm-hmm. it's one of those things where they're kind of hoping to get those channel surfers uh, at seven a.m. And, and Frankie Edgar and Faber. <laughs> I think if this wasn't the main event, it probably would have been like a fight pass kind of card. But because of this kind of dream match in some ways, right. they had to have it on, you know, Fox Sports 1. I think this would have been a co-main on a pay-per-view, yeah. Edgar versus Faber. Right. Yeah, it would have been a good co-main, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they're number two, number three I mean, ranked contenders in, in that division. Considering league. their track record, it's kind of hard to believe that this isn't for a title shot or for uh, for a championship, um, considering their, their past record and uh, championships and whatnot. So, 
In my ways, yeah, this was good enough to main event very much so. Uh, it could have held a main, uh, main event and a title shot for mm-hmm. sure. But mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see your winner, Frankie Edgar, getting that title shot soon. We have Aldo versus McGregor coming up. Soon. I think he should get that next shot, but we'll talk about that. I think you put him on a shelf for now, though. But we'll anyway. Put him on a shelf. Put him on a shelf. <laughs> shelf on an elf. What's it called? Elf on a shelf. Elf on a shelf. There you go. Shelf on an elf. Small shelf. I'm not going to refer to Frankie Edgar as an elf. Every time we have a late night show, I blame you, George. We get silly. We're not even drunk. I mean, I I can't speak for you guys. I'm not drunk. I blame George for everything. But again, our alcohol uh, tastes like water now. Yeah. What is that? It doesn't really. Water. Look like water. I'm saying alcohol tastes like water now. Oh, okay. Um, You're just. But I think like we should. Only, we should still talk about this card. All right, let's from, start with from the Philippines. <laughs> I think. I think we probably should. Let's talk with, about Felipe Nova versus Yun Chun Chul Nam. Uh, Felipe Nova won via split decision. Me yeah. and Jay disagreed. What did you think, George? Well, I'm going to go with Dana White and say I disagree as well because Dana White said what? What? Yo Choi Kim so won so, that match. Uh, I mean, Yun Chul Nam. That was good. That was good. I like both of your pronunciations. Anyway, this was my breakdown of the fight. The first round, obviously, Philippe went out there with a very specific game plan. It was to grind his opponent out, wrestle him to death. Um, He was in the UFC back in 2010. Mm -hmm. He left or, you know, got let go. He went and did his own thing in other organizations, and he came. this was his first fight back. Mm -hmm. And he said while he was gone, all he worked on was his wrestling. He really focused on his wrestling because... In his past fights, it was his weak point, and he wanted it to be an asset. Yeah. Well, congratulations, because you know you succeeded in that. Your wrestling looked phenomenal. Your your hip pressure looked amazing. Hand and hip control looked amazing. But I think going in there with such a specific game plan to wrestle the opponent down for three five minute rounds is a really hard thing to accomplish. I can understand um, to maybe do that for the first round, wear your opponent down, and then kind of try to strike with him. Mm-hmm. That's a common game plan. But to try and do that for three rounds is absolutely exhausting. And against somebody oh. like the Korean Bulldozer. Yeah. Who is ferocious, at, at, at least. I gave uh, Nover the first one for the takedowns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he landed some knees in the clinch. But uh, Yui, I thought, had the uh, the second and the third. Um the second one, uh, Yui had a brief takedown. He had a couple of takedowns on his own. Right. Um, kept top position towards the uh, the latter half of the uh, third round, you know, and, and ground and pound to the end. Um, you know, in general, I, I think, well, obviously wrestlers are pre-programmed to take guys down and, and keep them down. Um, but, you know, yes, against a guy like uh, Yui Chilnam, um You've got to be able to to keep him down, and you know Nam got up uh, several times. So he really, stuffed to take down in the he, second. He really didn't get him down that much. He was just holding him against the cage majority of the time, which can win you a fight, of course. But mm. um, yeah, I still thought I gave round two and round three to the Korean bulldozer. I gave round one to Fleep uh, definitively, but I gave mm-hmm. round three to um, Chul Nam more mm-hmm. definitively. So yeah. I, I gave the mm-hmm. fight to Chul round Nam. round two. I think was the closest one. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I just saw uh, Yui Chul Nam, you know, with his top position and grounded pound towards the end. Um, that to me, you know, had more of an impression than anything else in that round. Right. Um, I don't know. Was that the one that uh, Stan? Gosh, there was another one. I think I'm trying to remember that I disagreed. Stan was adamant about, um, and I disagreed with. Might have been the uh, Yao Jiqui. Yeah. Um, I think they saw Nolan Tickman. Um, let me see here. Or it could yeah, have been Makashvili. 
No, Nolan Tickman. Nolan Tickman. Yajakui. That was another mm-hmm. one that was was really close. They were. I remember that. They were speaking a lot about how Tickman was controlling the the entire um, the entire match. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, he was circling around, kind of uh, evading, not getting hit to his credit, uh, and then would would stick and move. But uh, right. you know, uh, Yajakui was was constantly trying. He was. Chasing after him, but I think the problem was that he wasn't cutting off the ring. He was chasing after Tickman, and that's what Stan and Anik were were harping on. That you know he should be cutting off. It seemed like verbally to them that that was the thing that they were counting against him. I okay. saw it as more aggressive, and frankly, it, he was landing. You know, when he was landing, his punches I thought were better than whatever Tickman was throwing, which was mm-hmm. practically nothing. He did not. He was doing the the Willie Pep, I'm going to win the round and not throw a punch kind of thing. You know, scoring some points. Yeah, that to me has been the hardest thing to score over over my years of watching MMA is evasion versus running mm-hmm. versus being aggressive with good footwork. Like. How do you score that? And every judge scores it differently. To be fair, there's not, I don't, there's no black and white for it. And like talking about guys like Leota Machida, mm-hmm. that you know play that evasion game. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing it well, you're you know you're winning, right? Or are you running? Yeah. So it's a really it's a really fine line, I think. And it, I think in this fight, I did see yeah. he was evading well. I think running is an unfair phrase to use when it comes to judging. Floyd right. Mayweather also, you know, comes to mind in this conversation. You're evading yeah. punches, which you should be, but you shouldn't necessarily get credit for that. What should be getting credit is whoever is landing better and more effectively. Right. So if the guy that is circling the outside of the cage, he's using that to land well, then yes. So let he me ask get. you this. So if, mm-hmm. if you have two guys in a cage, and this, this is a really hard situation to give you, and it's you know it's going to be a very it's a hypothetical, yeah, yeah. hypothetical, very generic answer. But let's you, make it between Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and Brock Lesnar. Oh, okay, that makes it even more <laughs> hypothetical. Um, anyway, so you have you have two people in a cage, and you have one guy who is you know consistently stalking the other guy down, mm-hmm. but not landing anything. He's he's missing. He's whiffing mm-hmm. almost because the guy's head head movement right. and work is so good. Right. But the guy on the outside is not throwing a counter punch back. Just so moving. nobody is punching at no, all. No. Well, the guy attacking is punching, but he's missing. Okay. And the guy that's evading is strictly evading, not countering. So is he's this, not landing either. He's not landing. Either. Is this like a new? Is this like zero so that's a, zero? In a yeah, that's an game? eight eight round. That might be a you seven know what I'm seven. Saying? Absolutely. Like, but that's not the way most judges see it. Most mm-hmm. guys. I mean, Frankie Edgar versus Uriah Faber is actually a pretty good example of this. They were both moving so much. They both had mm-hmm. really good footwork, really yeah. good head movement. They were both landing very little. I mean, Frankie Edgar was putting together his uh, five strike combinations in the end, really landing well. But in the mm-hmm. beginning. It's like it was like a tic tac back and forth, back right. and forth. It's like who's winning? You, and that's that's the tricky part. Number one, it uh, the rules say effective grappling and striking. Now, if there's no grappling and everyone's circling, then okay. Right. Then you then you judge based on striking. Right. You need to have a sharp eye to know to be able to identify who is having the more effective striking. Who is more? Right. And if one guy is not throwing at all whatsoever, and the other guy is swinging but missing. Mm-hmm. Um, in some way, a lot of judges would would argue. Well, at least one guy is swinging at all, being the aggressor. Yeah, but right. I think too to your point about uh-huh. Edgar and, and Faber. From many eyes, a lot of people will say, "Well, it was so even." Yeah, you, it was even. You could argue that, but the judges, those three guys that are right there on the spot, they you know we've talked so many times on the show about how 
it's very different between watching it on TV mm-hmm. versus watching right there on the spot. And that's Absolutely. why those judges get paid. That's why they're there to focus. And they're not listening to commentary either. And there's a lot you can see when you're right there. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, get, a, you get a different perspective. And mm-hmm. it's at least, if nothing else, it's at least more direct to the match itself than going through the TV tube. I agree. Um, so that's what it is. And you have to be educated to, to be able to identify effective strikes, you mm-hmm. know, in boxing, of course, power punches versus whatever the other ones are called. You right. Know. George, um, do, do you favor, do you tend to favor the fighters that evade and, you know, play that outside game? Or do you, do you tend to favor the aggressors when you're As far as striking fights? goes, I'll go with the aggressor. Because I forgot which fight it was yesterday, but there was one, maybe the Munoz, maybe it was the... Nova, I forget, but where you know they would go for the takedown, and you know he just you know be just, you know that thing where like they just kind of grab the fence or they just grab him against the fence, mm-hmm. and just kind of that positioning of like just trying to move. Mm-hmm. I would give that to the to the defensive guy because he's the one avoiding the takedown. He's the, the mm-hmm. other guy's. Yes, he's attempting the takedown, mm-hmm. but he's not succeeding. So you kind of see it as like a failed shot. Yeah, and, and obviously, if you're going to try to take him down, did you take him down? No. I know that you were trying to, and you're aggressive in that sense. But are you are you succeeding with those takedowns? You're, you're not, not supposed to give points for defense. Yes, but that's how I would look at it. Yeah, that's and, I mean, yeah. and that's a fair opinion. You're allowed to have your opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I agree. If your if your back is against the cage, usually you're the one that that is losing in this situation, mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. you're landing some amazing elbows, some amazing strikes, yeah. and digging for your. I mean, that that's what off. separates the great to the the good to the great to the fair. John Jones is, is a great example. Yeah, like you know, other guys will just stay up on the cage. But other guys will try to get you those elbows or maybe those mm-hmm. body shots or right. just something, you know. Well, just get John, that separation. John's an example of, of the contrary. He gets you up against the cage and he works so aggressively yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's clearly winning. Yeah. Right. You, you couldn't give the guy on the other side. The- but obviously we have seen a lot of fights where it's just you push him up against the cage and it's just standing there for like a minute or two. Mm-hmm. It seems like a minute, of course. Usually well, you want to kinda- judge. Yeah, I mean hopefully there's some, some other stuff in that same round yeah. to judge. Mm-hmm. If there's absolutely nothing else – if there is literally, if there was five minutes of one guy holding another guy yeah. up against then the cage they and nobody threw strikes. Then they will not be fighting the UFC. Yeah. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> Dana White would be like, I can The, the guy that. controlling, see, that's that's the criteria in, in scoring. You kind of work your way down. Like that cage control is actually towards the bottom. Cage control and aggression is kind of towards the bottom of the list of what you should be judging on. There's, you know, effective striking, grappling, Damage. damages yeah. are the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. But if there's not that there, then you kind of work your way down. You trickle your way down the line. And sometimes yeah. that is the case. And, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of judges um, will get, kind of get confused or, or maybe, you know, forget this kind of priority list. Or they feel like there's just not enough of those first several criteria to judge. And so it comes down to right. that visual of who controlled the cage more. A uh, great example of this, there was controversy uh, years ago. Randy Couture fought uh, Brandon Vera. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randy won the match. And a, a big part of it was uh, cage control. Cl- uh, Couture clinching uh, Vera up against the cage. Um, and, and people were saying that that was – I remember myself actually scoring it for Randy at that point. That was a big factor that that clinch against the cage right. was the thing, and that's that's why I like to talk about these kind of things because in five years from now, I guarantee perspectives on certain parts of our sport will be different than they are oh, now yeah. because yeah. when the sport evolves, the rules evolve. When the mm-hmm. rules evolve, the judging mm-hmm. evolves. So it's good to get an opinion because everyone definitely has their own. I mean, I've 
as well as you guys have been to so many live events over the past, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. amateur fighting or boxing or, you know, Muay Thai, we've been to so many events over the past couple of years. And it's mm-hmm. like when you're watching MMA all the time, you see cra- crazy judge decisions, you know, you mm-hmm. see crazy decisions and you're like, how the and then you hear their their, their input and they're like, oh, well, this guy did this. And yeah. it, it gives you a different perspective. It's it's tough because there is not yet really a standard all the way through, although on paper there should be. Right. You know, with the unified roles, theoretically there is, but you're going from one show to another, different regions. Right. That means different judges, and I don't mean to infer that they're judging for the hometown boy, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I know a lot of people will, will point the finger at that, you know, when a match goes a certain way. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. You know what I think the case is more mm. than anything in judging? Mm. Styles. I think a lot of, um, you know, a lot of fighters get judged a certain way and they think, oh, you know, I won, I I landed more strikes, but their style is to their either advantage or disadvantage. Like, for example, Mm, in the eyes of the judges, in the eyes of the judges, for sure. There's guys that go out there and throw 3000 punches a fight Mm -hmm. and their opponent might throw 1500, but they lose. And they're like, why did I lose? I was (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that match. Crazy. God, that would be awesome. (laughs) How many okay. seconds? Like, five times 60 300. in a five-minute match, 300. So three th- that's 100 punches yeah, in a minute. I, okay, I like to exaggerate. But anyway. I'd so, better see that from you in your next <laughs> match, honey. Now I, you've got something to work right, towards. All right, now I have a goal in mind. Yes. 3,000. Okay, in in three three-minute rounds. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> oh, that's even better, that's yeah. Even, that's like 1,000 a minute. Um, <laughs> anyway, so what I'm saying is like a guy who has high-volume striking yeah, yeah. but barely doing any damage, mm-hmm. you know, Light light hands mm-hmm. against a guy who every time he lands, it's effective. Busts the nose mm-hmm. open or you know yeah. opens a wound. Quantity versus quality, exactly. And it's mm-hmm. like so sometimes your your striking tactics specifically right. can be your disadvantage. In that scenario, you just said the guy that throws fifteen hundred, the guy with that's more effective, he should be the one that gets that round, absolutely, as opposed to the guy that which whips. is why this brings me to my point back to bacon, like Jay says, which is why having a black and white system wouldn't necessarily be beneficial because if the system was black and white, if the guy that threw the more strikes on paper mm-hmm. was the winner, we'd have a lot of upset fans for mm-hmm. that reason. Mm-hmm. Had he gone against a guy that you know is more right. effective. So I think we have to keep it the way it is for now. And I think there's there might be an answer out there, but I haven't come up with it yet. A bit of the answer is just standardized training. Right. And that's very hard to do given how big, how, how young the sport is, how few... Um, judges, officials, really veteran judges and, mm-hmm. and officials and, and referees there are to teach the same curriculum and the same criteria down the line. You but know. a good start is Big John McCarthy's training academy. <laughs> Man. And, and Herb yep. Dean. Herb Dean has a good one too, I believe. Mm-hmm. I yes. think he trains, right? He trains as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, we're going to be having uh, Herb's next uh, next uh, session, training session. Awesome. We'll be, uh, we'll be refereeing at the U of MMA. On uh, Fight Night 10 on May 31st at Club Nokia in downtown L.A. Tickets available at uofmma.com. Uh, that was very good, Jay. Wasn't it, though? Yeah. What did you think, George? That was pretty good, too. <laughs> I want to try this. Hold on. <clears throat> Fight Night, U of MMA, May 31st. Tickets, you can find it at uofmma.com. There you that go. Was that was good. I give you guys, like, a 9 and a 9. Because <laughs> the 10 is reserved for me. Next fight oh, up okay. was Hyun Gyu Lim. Fight night 10, against U of MMA. Oh, you can t- get tickets now whatever. at uofmma.com. Nope. But guys, <laughs> go online and vote. Let us know whose was the best. They're going to say you because you're the prettiest one out of us. 
No, I think you guys are both very pretty. Well, I know I am, but I'm saying we've got faces I know they, made for radio. Of yeah, course. I know they're going to think that you are. <laughs> All right, whatever. Anyway, on to the next match, which is Hyun the Ace Gualim Gulim. I'm lost on my pages here. Okay, it's Gulim <laughs> we... versus Neil Magny. Ah, uh, that match, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that uh, fight was good. This was a good one. Yeah. This yeah. is the kind you like. Right, the guy coming back. From, hey, I like it too. Well, he his favorite kind is when the the fighter's down and he comes back. Right? Isn't that I'm what you said? About the comeback. You're all about the comeback I'm all kid. About the comeback kid. That's your story. Anyway, Magny won via TKO in round two, but this is after Neil Magny almost got TKO'd in round one in the mm-hmm. beginning of round one. He even one. admitted at the post fight uh, when Anik was interviewing him that uh-huh. he was like, "Yeah, dude, I thought I was done too. <laughs> I was pretty much out." It was so bad, and uh, it took him a while to recover. It just, just kind of goes to show, like, the, the heart and, you know, the determination these guys have. They're not just going to give up just because they seem like they're out. Right. You know, you're not completely out, as shown in not just this fight, but with guys like Chick Congo in the past. Uh, who was the guy from Tough? Uh, it was, like, on a Tough thing where he got, like, a liver shot, and then, like, he, like, started groaning, and then he, like, hits him over with a knockout punch. It was uh, Drago Pizzell versus Scott Smith mm-hmm. in the finale of an Ultimate Fighter. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one. Okay. Yeah, they were both just, on the comeback, so I think it might have been yeah. uh, finale of go. season four. Yeah, guys, that's the Steve. Uh, who's it? No, Kirk Gibson. Excuse me, that's the Kirk Gibson shot in MMA. Go and check that out. Fight Pass. I'm sure it's there. That's a fantastic match and an amazing finish there. Check out Pat um, Bear for Czech Congo as well. That one as well for sure. Yeah, you know, Hyung um, Kim was um, you know the, the action in this match. He was chasing after Magny. Magny's a guy that he was coming off of uh, six straight wins going into this one and Hyungo Kim was chasing after him it wasn't a great start for Magny dropped him with the right but Magny was able to survive um and you know uh Lim was was on him with uh with uh, knees mm-hmm. and a flurry for like 30 seconds or so well he's no- Lim is known for his flying knees so mm-hmm. every time that Neil Magny was against that cage oh, oh, you know being being punched, I was like, oh my god, I'm waiting for the flying knee, and he right. threw it, and he landed it. It didn't land crisp, or I think Neil Magny would have been in more trouble, but mm-hmm. he landed it, and Neil Magny was in serious trouble. He, he finally was able to grab onto Lim and recover over the course of another minute, yeah. I think. But. Although, I'm, you know, looking at my notes here, towards the end uh, as well, um, you know, Magny got, uh, got top and uh, back position, threatened with a rear yeah. naked choke. I actually ended up giving, uh, giving Magny that round. That, Despite that, that would be a hard round to judge. It really that could be like a, a tie for that round because the beginning of the round was so defiantly uh, won by Lim, and the yeah. bottom of the round was so obviously won by Magnus. Mm-hmm. So it, it was crazy. It was like a split round. Yeah, he had but, a nice suplex in the second round. Though it was a nice that was suplex beautiful. takedown that you rarely see. I love the crowd's reaction when you pick somebody up for a suplex. Mm-hmm. The, it's like, ah! It's like all that anticipation, and then as soon as you slam him down, it's really like... Really quick. Rah. Joseph Bozak gave you a 9.75. Ooh, that was close. What so did he give us? What did he give you? Nothing. He didn't say anything. Not even scoring so us, Joe. I'm the winner! Shut up. I'm the winner! We might, it's, that's only one out of three scores so far. We're Maybe he's still... Processing our scores. He's probably still thinking about it. Yeah, could be. Yeah, he, he could be thinking about it. We for could a come while. back with a nine point eight, nine point nine. You know, never know. More likely, me. There's get. more numbers beneath me than above me. But <laughs> you know, think however you want, Jay Tam. <laughs> there was <laughs> some other big. Uh, speaking to your to your suplex, I remember uh, when the next match, uh, Mark Munoz and, yeah, and Luke Barnett. Absolutely, Munoz had some really nice uh, takedowns as well. There, I w- okay. So we all knew this is Mark Munoz's retiring match mm-hmm. prior to watching it. So. Yeah. The whole time I was watching it, 
I had that in mind. So maybe it was, you know, a biased opinion. But all I kept thinking is, wow, he's putting on a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's the mindset you have when you're fighting your last match. But I've seen, you know, there's certain people we've seen in the past that, you know, their last match isn't so good, which is why it's their last match. Whereas this was, like, a very impressive performance to me. A big difference here is that I'm <clears throat> trying to think of other uh, other matches that that we know are the, you know, the last... The guys have said, this is going to be my retirement match. Right, because then they Randy Couture back. and Leota Machida comes to mind. Peter Ortiz when he fought Forrest Griffin. Yeah, yeah, there there was that. Why um, did Leota Machida say he was retiring? No, 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 no Randy, Randy Couture. Couture. Oh, I thought you said Leota Machida. Oh, against Leota Machida. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but Mark had said much earlier that this was going to be his last match. I think it was a, a big milestone for him to mm-hmm. to do a match in the Philippines. Finally got it. So cool. And, so yeah, cool. this was this was the time for him to hang it up because it's um, – he, he says that he wants to focus more on family. His son's going into wrestling. I forgot if it was college or high school level. But, he, he's all um, about his wrestling. He wants to go mm-hmm. around the world, and he said he yeah. wants to change kids' lives through bring, wes- wrestling. Yeah, bring wrestling uh, to more the to the Philippines, which I think is fantastic. That, is so that, cool. that was one um, amazing post-fight. Oh, my God. I, it literally brought me to tears. It, I was like, Yeah, it, awesome. it was exactly what... It, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Right. He was, um, you know... He is. He really is a nice guy, you know. By all accounts, um, I've worked with him on a few projects in the past, and mm-hmm. you know, has had that same kind of jovial, clowning, very affable kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So you want that for for somebody like that. And it was. I think that he went in there realizing that this was balls to the wall, his last chance to to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to write this thing on his own terms. Right. He got to, and so he was going to leave nothing. Uh, leave nothing to be to be questioned, you know. And I th- frankly, I think that Luke Barnett knew that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a tough fight for Luke Barnett, especially yeah. he's pretty young in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy like Mark Munoz, I really liked what he said at the end when he was like, "I used to sit home and watch superhero cartoons on TV, mm-hmm. and you know now I am one in the cage." And I was like, yeah. "Yes, <laughs> like that is so <laughs> cool." Like, but it's true; these guys are superheroes. I mean, every male and female that gets in that cage mm-hmm. it's their level of athleticism is like our modern day superhero never mind athleticism what you're doing is going in to something a, a cage a an enclosure uh-huh. and you're 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 leaving it all in there you're throwing down yeah. you know literally and there's very few things that are i mean the rules Comparable are about to as that. Yeah, you're allowed to do as much as possible, and the rules are as minimal as possible, mm-hmm. you know, uh, notwithstanding fighter safety. Um, it doesn't get more defiantly superhero uh, or definitively than, mm-hmm. than MMA, in my opinion. You know, you maybe argue, you know, Muay Thai or, uh, or you know, any, any combat sport. Professional but, wrestling. No, not that. But MMA is the one where you can do as, as much as possible. You know, in, a lot of those kids think that, thinks that those guys are superheroes just as much as we think that. I think that they're guys. superheroes, yeah, but yeah. not legitimately. They're, oh, yeah, they're not legitimately. They're superheroes like the ones you watch on TV. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, I'm, I'm saying, the movies. To, kids, the movies. to kids, it's that no, more, I, yeah. yeah. But yeah. just a couple comments because I, I wanted to hear uh, uh, or see comments so just kind of because yeah. I saw it up. Kenny Florian said, you're not going to find a nicer guy than Mark Munoz and I couldn't be happier to see him get a win for his last fight in the Philippines. Ryan Bader said, congrats, Mark Munoz, on a great career. Great to see guys go out on their own terms. CM Punk said, amazing moment, great fight. Tichi Dillashaw said, congrats, Mark Munoz, love you, buddy. Uh, Efrain Escudero, I want to say thank you for all the great fights you gave us throughout the years. Mark Mo- 
Munoz, not only are you a friend, but a great fighter. Thank you. Uh, Stipe Miocic, thanks for the amazing fights. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Michael Bisming, uh, and best retirement speech ever goes to Mark Munoz, such a class act. Oh, so. that was, that's, that's amazing. When you have guys like, you know, Stipe Miocic and, and Michael Bisbing mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. greats in the sport that really respect this guy. Yeah. And to go on on such a good note and to leave your, your last pair of gloves in the cage, that was a cool moment. Yeah, it's a tradition taken from amateur wrestling, and Randy, oh, is it? Randy Couture did it as well when he retired. And, okay, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those. Did things. Randy say we'll that, that was his last fight going into it? Mm-hmm. Okay, against Machida. Yeah, because a lot so of a lot of guys will like you know you'll hear the talk you know like guys like Chris Lieben or yeah. a lot of guys who you know should have should be retiring right as you're watching them. You fight. know it's gonna happen. Yeah, and yeah. then they lose badly, and they're like, oh, I think that's my last one, guys. You know, but <laughs> yeah, one. it was a little bit different with Mark Munoz, you know, and. He months kind of going in mm-hmm. in the Philippines. I think he was actually filling in for someone, and then I think he saw an opening, you know, in the Philippines card, and said, "Hey, I have to be on this card." And like I said, no, no better way to go out than that. He was a last minute replacement. Not last, last minute, minute but it, I think it, was, it says according to this, replacing uh, Clint Hester. Oh, I, wow! Because Mark Williams just fought not that long ago, right? But did he fight on the Phil- LA card? No, no. Munoz didn't fight on the LA card. But uh, Philippines, I mean, I. I'd be surprised if if that was not already considered right. putting Munoz well, on the thing. Yeah, that, that's just a, the card, and then that dropped out. So and yes, like, he oh, did fight on the LA card. He did fight. Yeah, right there. I take that back. I eat Girl. my words. I'm over two this week. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Next on the card, we have Gegard Mousasi versus Costas Filippo. Mousasi won via um, unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven all around. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a, another one that was. Very obvious, and a very obvious winner. Um, Musasi controlling the cage. Early takedown by Musasi. Good top pressure. Um, Kostas really looked flat on his back. Um, he was really having a hard time getting to that hip. Um, you know, shrimping out of there. He wasn't mm-hmm. doing a, too good of a job staying busy there down there on the bottom. Um, I would have liked to have seen him utilize some jiu-jitsu some more to try to get back up. I'm sure Gegard Musasi is a very hard opponent to do that against, though. Yeah. Musasi obviously has a, a reputation in grappling, um, and and Filippo just didn't uh, w- wasn't really trying to get out of there. I mean, I don't, yeah, it was, a, it was not, it was not an much odd to say. Situation. Yeah, not, not much to say to to add to what you said. It was pretty academic that right. match. Um, the stand up match for the most part, Musasi was countering a lot. He was waiting for Filippo to 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 strike, and he was beautifully countering. He wasn't. That's a bad way to say it. he wasn't waiting for him to strike. But when he sh- struck, he countered immediately almost mm-hmm. as at the same time but it was beautiful and he was really landing the majority of the strikes on the feet mm-hmm. yeah it was again you know not much to to debate in that match right. you know, yeah. even though a lot of it was I mean, dry. with the exception of just maybe a, a submission here or there it pretty much went exactly how i thought it would go yeah it was there was a completely, couple completely submission attempts but nothing finished yeah. what was gegard's last last fight Gegard Musasi's last fight. I think it was against Machida. Uh, am I right? 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 I'm wrong. Uh, it, was, it was against... That was a long time ago, Machida. Wow, where am I? Dan Henderson. Uh, Dan Henderson back that in January. The, the debatable finish Maybe. where uh, everyone felt like... Um, it was a TKO early in the first round. Oh, that's right. Uh, Musasi, I think he knocked him down. Henderson fell backwards, head yes. against the cage. And a lot of people were saying that the match was uh, was finished early. Um because Henderson, I think, was reaching for, for a single leg on Masasi. Yes, I remember that exactly, yeah. actually. I, I, I think I felt that way as well. That- Masasi's had a couple weird run-ins like that. Like, uh, him and Jacare, their first matchup uh, with the with the up-kick. He got kick. caught early. Yeah, yeah, the up-kick, that's right. 
Or did he knocked Jacare out yeah, with, I, with I the upkick. And then they had a rematch, and Jacare beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he had, he had a couple weird run-ins like that. But um, he definitely won this one without a doubt. So congratulations, Musasi, on another awesome win. Mm-hmm. Next, yeah, we have... What do we have, Jay? The what coast? <laughs> we have the main event of the evening. That's Left coast versus say. the best coast. What? Okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you got to think about that one, right? I had one, to right? look at a map in my head. <laughs> I had to think if you were on my team or against me. And I'm betraying everybody that I know in California and up and down the West Coast. <laughs> I know. Coast. All, all, your, all your West Coast friends are going to be like, you asshole. <laughs> um, okay, so Frankie the Answer Edgar defeated Uriah Faber. This one was fun. It kind of resembled uh, Horiguchi versus DJ to me. Um, obviously hmm. not as quick because this is two weight classes up, but still that fast pace, right. back and forth, constant movement. You know, take down attempt. Oh, you're back up. Oh, take down. Oh, you're back up. Yeah. Oh, strike this way, this way, this way. Counter strike. It was so fast paced. It's funny the um, the in the post fight show, Kenny and and some other people were talking about how, or at least Kenny seemed to not really. Uh, have a lot of love for the match. He felt like it was um, either you know close, not a lot of activity. I think he said, which could be the case. There was certainly movement, um, I, but it was so everything. They negated each other very. I much. completely mm-hmm. agree with Kenny Florian. Yeah. It was so much negating. It was so much evading. It was so much um, of an outside game, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get what both guys were trying to do. They were trying to not get hit and score points, but at the same time. Uh, I'd like to see them plant their feet a little bit more often and really sh- land those hard punches. Frankie Edgar did a good job of putting it together in rounds four and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he landed a couple really good uppercuts um, and a couple overhand rights that were landing well. But besides that, it really wasn't a lot of, of landing. To me, there's two Frankie Edgars. One that's completely dominant, like the one that we saw against BJ Penn in all three of his fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the comeback Frankie Edgar, the one that gets beat down, and then somehow he finds a way to win. Great man. Uh, yeah, we didn't see any of that. We didn't see any of those two Frankie Edgars. Oh, so you know? there's a third Frankie Edgar now. There's this one, apparently. There's this one. Uh, but it, like, like you guys said, it, just, it all came down to styles. I mean, yes, it was a dream match uh, in some ways, but... Kind of like, well, not every dream match is going to be a great match at the same yeah. time. Yeah, you know? I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the match, but I just didn't think that they put as much out there as they could have. I yeah. think they were kind of playing it safe. I remember you guys texted me saying uh, which was fight of the night, uh, and then that was before I saw Edgar and Faber. I was like, man, that should be the fight of the night. If anything, then when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, so that kind of makes sense. It makes sense. You mean why fight it wasn't. of the night in terms of like I thought that would have been the fight of the night, Edgar versus Faber on before paper. you saw yeah. it on paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a good one, I think, to study in general, though. Like, this was, it's hard to watch because there wasn't anything definitive going on, so Mm -hmm. a fan can't say, oh, I saw this. Look at that knockdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, Faber, I thought, had his best performance in the third round. That one, if there was a round to give to him, probably would have been, uh, the third round, but, uh, because he was, um, yeah, the heck, what? Uh, guillotine choke and, um... Yeah, he did. I gotta learn how to write better. My (laughs) notes, guys. Let me tell you something. Can you see this? Look here. I don't know if you can. I know we can't zoom in on this thing, but uh, this is some pretty bad chicken scratch. I'm just gonna say. Horrible. It's. I don't even know why they're notes. It's like I'm writing the matches themselves. But I know what you're trying to say. I can read your notes. Hold on. (laughs) Okay, it's in my head. So he had him in a guillotine. Frankie Edgar. I mean, was in a guillotine, um, but. 
he comes from striking. Ricardo Almeida camp, which is known for the land, it's the land of the guillotines. So he was very, very familiar with defending that. He quickly got out of the guard, which saved his butt for that, and he, he was on top. Right. Well, I think Uriah's uh, striking, though, was, was most effective in the third as well. Mm-hmm. Frankie was hitting these takedowns throughout the entire match, mm-hmm. um, but Uriah would get up again, and Frankie didn't, was not able to keep him down enough to get top position or really do much mm-hmm. from from that. And, I mean, a lot of them were you know barely takedowns. It was just kind of holding the, uh, holding the legs you know against the cage, mm-hmm. um, those kind of takedowns. So... There wasn't the, the point I'm saying is that you know there wasn't anything really huge to kind of denote in each of these rounds, but those are the great matches to study, guys. Um, if you want to understand the mind of a judge, yeah. that's a good fight to watch. Yeah, style and uh, you know and, and technical footwork and mm-hmm. you know combinations, things like that. Um, Faber was doing a lot of stuff uh, shooting to the body, you know, with his uh, with his jab or body shots in general. And and Frankie would just kind of uh, he was applying a lot of pressure with with combinations, you know. There's a lot of fainting. Both, yeah. both guys. I think that's what what the game mostly was. They were both uh, you know toe to toe at some point, but it was nothing but feints and fakes. And they would they would kind of faint, 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 throw and get out, circle and get out. A sign of two really great qualified guys going against each other. And I think another thing to say is they respected each other's wrestling so mm-hmm. much yes. that they stood and they struck. That's all that's such a fascinating fact to me when I when I look at that. A lot of the time guys, when you see um, you know, a high level striker versus a high level striker, all they'll do is wrestle. Mm-hmm. A lot of time when you see a high level wrestler versa, a high level wrestler, all they'll do is strike. It's very fascinating. It's it's a respect factor. It's a you know, we both know we're amazing down there. Let's switch it up. Let's not strike. a euphemism. Yeah. Actually, yeah. euphemism is exactly mm-hmm. a euphemism. There goes the explicit <laughs> rating, and it's because we already earned it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I say, with all fairness, uh, Edgar. <clears throat> first off, he's proven himself in the past. It's <clears throat> not like he has to prove himself again. Absolutely. But he does have four wins in a row. I say, give him the winner of uh, Aldo McGregor. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. Okay. If, if, if Mendez can get a, a rematch against Aldo, then why can't uh, Edgar? Edgar should get that rematch. Absolutely. Assuming Aldo wins. Assuming Aldo wins. Yeah. Um, so who do we have next week? Let's let's do some oh afterbuzz predictions God. before we have to go here. Wait for do we it. Have the oh, we do. <laughs> and now you're after Buzz TV. Next week, UFC one eighty seven from Las Vegas, Nevada, MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, what a stack car this is! Seriously, this is one, another one of those start from the bottom. Cars, literally, bottom. you have you have you have Rose Namajunas. I know one of your favorites, Rose Namajunas, on the prelims uh, on Fox Sports One. Yep. But on the main car, we have Joseph B versus John Moraga and flyweight uh, heavyweight Travis Brown versus Andre Arlovsky. Oh. Lights uh, Donald Cerrone versus John Magdesi, who's supposed to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. But that's you know John Magdesi filling in. But then we have the top two fights. Let me just say. God, I hate the... F- okay, I get it. People get hurt. But, man, finally this is happening. And the uh, 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 reason why I'm upset, I'm upset... What the hell are you talking I'm about, my friend? Because so I'm upset because it has literally been a combined 28 months since these guys have lost fought, last fought. Chris Weidman and Vitor Belfort. Okay. It's combined. Been ten, it's been 10 months since Weidman fought. It's been 18 months since Vitor Belfort fought. Yep. That's ridiculous. And now they're and, the co-main no, Not even that. They're fighting for a title. And again, I get it. People get hurt. But man, yeah. in some ways it is kind of disappointing. Like, mm-hmm. like there's so much more worthy contenders that fight 
all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you got. Well, now it's happening, George. So let's not jinx us. Yeah, like I said, a lot, we've seen fights go out the day of. So yeah, let's true. hope. I don't know. I, I, I just still say somebody out there, middleweight, Luke Rockhold, uh, whoever, you better be ready. <laughs> um, but who do you guys have, Weidman or Vitor Belfort? Weidman. Agreed. Weidman. Then I gotta go with Vitor Belfort. Because Weidman hasn't even impressed me that much. Yes, he's a champ. He beat Anderson Silva, but I, I've yet to see a dominating performance but he's from this consistent. guy. Consistent. How do you he's think? Very, that, very consistent. How do you think the Beltor beats Weidman? Oh. Spinning roundhouse kick. Spinning roundhouse kick. Mm, no. Okay. Don't know someone's opinion, Jay. I. I mean, it's not going to happen, is what I'm saying. <laughs> he's, even, Weidman is not going to get knocked out by a spinning. Back kick? Is that what you're, you're suggesting? Whatever no. Vitor's been winning the last four times. Right. He's not uh, going No, Weidman's not going down by a head kick. Okay, main event. Who's going to win? Dude, this was a tough one. Aldo versus McGregor. Nope. How and why? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Neither nope. of those guys are going to win next week. What kind of show am I on? <laughs> this is... That's okay, not the... For the light not... heavyweight title next week, we have a vacant... For, to fill the vacant light heavyweight championship, Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. Who do you have, Dario? Not Aldo, not a McGregor. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. What is in that? Oh. It's late night on a Sunday, guys. Way past our bedtime. <laughs> That's why. We have like 10 seconds left. All right, Johnson versus Cormier. Ah! Oh, okay, if Cormier can get off his wrestling game, he's going to wrestle Johnson to death. Johnson's not going to be able to pull off that knockout. If Johnson goes right out there, stops Daniel Cormier's wrestling, and knocks him the hell out, that's how so it's going to play out. So you're saying Cormier or Johnson are going to win? <laughs> the end. <laughs> what about you, J Tan? What about you? I think Cormier is going to crowd Johnson, yeah. uh, take him down if he needs to. But uh, it could be a lot of you know clinch, uppercuts, I, that kind of thing. I predict we are going to see a new UFC light heavyweight champion. Oh, uh, go out your, on a limb. There, what is buddy? your Twitter tag? Where can we find you, Daria Baronado? You can find me at Daria B twenty eight, which it says right here, I think. But on everything else, you can find me at Daria the Jersey Devil Baronado. When are you fighting next? Uh, June twentieth. Not at the U of MMA on May thirty first at the Nokia Theater and Universal, uh, whatever that is, Los Angeles Universal Barcelona. Studios, Club Nokia, oh, and LA Live. I will be there watching. Absolutely, I'll be watching my teammates and supporting Mr. J. And Tan. all you Afterbus fans, come take a picture with Daria Baronado. Come, Seriously, yeah, guys, come. anybody that's in the LA area, come through. Where to can we find you, J Tan? <laughs> He's just cutting us off left and right. J Tan seven one six as usual, or even better, get me uh, or get get me at Club Nokia. Quite frankly, come find me. We'll have a beer, and you can find me at Taco Bell and on Twitter though and Instagram right here at G Hermosa A G H A. Oh, sorry, shift to G H E R M O Z A. You're obnoxious. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz. Buzz. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.